And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Of course, I am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, joined by my good friend, a man who's always bubbly, who's always a little bit melty, Keefy Cheddar. How are we doing today, buddy? What's up? What's up? <sighs> long day. Long day. Glad to be doing this. A nice little respite from all the uh, in the world. But... Yeah, we do know that there's a lot of big news going on on the other side of the world, but we are not a news program, so we are leaving that alone to give you a nice little space away from it. As always, here's how we do this. Thank you for joining us for Guar Episode 3, America Must Be Destroyed. We do a greeting, a beer check, a vinyl check, a shirt check, and a news check. Check, check, news. Then the meat of the episode, which again, Guar, America Must Be Destroyed. Historical context, deep dive review, and all the fun stuff. This week, I am drinking a Peter's brand Dutch Pilsner, which I don't know if I've had this on the podcast or not. Finger fudge pour. And because I know it's going to be that kind of night anyway. Oh I haven't had any beer. I haven't had any beer today. So this is all the beer I'm going to have today. Well, alrighty then. I am going to have a beer. I have had on the show before the good old favorite Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale. Interesting. Small can. Interesting side note, you're going to have as much booze in that one can as I'm going to have in these two. Oh, okay. So your beer is crushable, as they say. Yeah, it's, it's just a regular old Pilsner. I'm going to drink this in my uh, Lost Coast Brewery glass. Nice. Finger fudge pop, we get the pop, and then the finger fudge pour. Down the middle. Just for everybody watching on YouTube this week, I might be a little bit distracted, checking my phone a bit too much. I apologize in advance. All right, then. Well, cheers. Cheers, my friend. As for this week's vinyl check for me, I finally went and he- went ahead and took care of a small collection that is now complete. At Moon Fuzz Records and Tapes, or Movies, or Moon Fuzz, whatever, and the St. Louis Antique Mall, I picked up an English first pressing of Opal by Barrett. I don't buy demos typically. Already in the Mylar, it is a harvest pressing, as you can see. It's got a pretty sweet gatefold. Doing my best, people. Doing my best. I, uh, I don't know what made... Oh, I know what made me... I was going to say, I don't know what made me buy it, but I do. I found it in the wild. I didn't have to order it. And the thing is, is for me, and I probably should have talked about this last week in our latest vinyl episode, I have a different standard of purchasing records when it's in the wild than I do ordering. I am much more likely to purchase a record if I'm on the fence, if it's in the wild. This one cost me the princely sum... Of $40. It's got 14 tracks, 8 new, 6 demos. And I think actually it's my favorite Sid 
solo release. It doesn't, there's very little, it's mostly just him and his guitar. It's obviously very different from the Pink Floyd stuff he was a part of, but it is something that I really enjoyed. And I've listened to it two or three times since I got it. Cheers. Fascinating. Um, yeah, we just did uh, a little review of uh, Have You Got It Yet? Not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that movie, it, it's great for everybody who doesn't already know everything. But what do you got for us this week? I'm trying a new thing where I keep a running notes of the show while we do the show instead of oh. listening extra time. But I still listen back. I still listen and watch back. I have a one for today. And a this is a, a fun one and a personal one also. This is the soundtrack to the movie Fame, which has a Ooh. personal relation to my life. As you know, we did do a soundtrack chaser. We will do another, um, probably several. But uh, this one in particular had an impact on my life. I came from a performing arts family. My mother was a choreographer. My brother played music. And so daddy sang bass. And um, I saw this in the movie theaters as a young person and ended up going to the high school this is based on later on. So here's the motion picture soundtrack to fame. It's got the gatefold. Nice. And pretty good copy that I spent the princely sum of three whole dollars on. I think you got out cheaper than me this week. I did, didn't I? I normally don't get away this cheap. So this is one of the <laughs> cheapest records I will have bought this year on RSO Records. So uh, Irene Cara and the hit theme song, as well as the rest of the soundtrack. Uh, not quite as good as Chorus Line, but along the same lines as Chorus Line, if you've never seen Fame. You should. I know it was remade a few years ago. Modernized I watched the television show when I was little. Watched the television show quite a lot. Was not a big fan of it. It was not my jam. I was not prepared to appreciate the arts as it were at that time in my yeah, life. The reality of the school going there every day is a lot different than the show portrayed. But just just letting you know. I would hope it was pretty uh, pretty eventful during the show. Yeah, <clears throat> there was no singing in the lunchroom, uh, but unless it was someone's <laughs> unless it was someone's birthday. So basically, you did not go to Bayside High. I did not go to Rock and Roll High School, uh, kind of. But uh, anywho, that's my vinyl check for this week. Gotcha. The only news I have you don't want to hear, so I'm going to take a pass on the news this week. Okay, ouch. Um, you Beetlejuiced it, and it's it's back, and it's not even news, so I don't even want to talk about no, it. No, I mean, like, Vinnie Vincent. Didn't you have a Vinnie yeah. Vincent story? That's, that's the, the... No, let's bring it. No, All right, nobody wants to, to hear it, but... Uh, Vinnie Vincent has announced a new singer, a dude who is a professional poker player, local guy in Nashville. He now has the quote unquote coveted position of lead singer in the Vinnie Vincent invasion. They have announced they are going to re-record All Systems Go. And he has made the fifth announcement of the release of Guitar Mageddon Judgment Day Guitars from Hell Part 1. So even though it's now gone to press four times... It's ready to go to press now after he mixed it to his satisfaction. And he said, after listening to the new guy sing, whose name I don't remember, because it doesn't matter. We're never going to hear from him again in terms of Vinnie Vincent. 
He said, I said something I never thought I would say. He killed it. Vinny, you're an asshole. If you thought you would never compliment a singer in your band, you're an asshole. I yield my time. Uh, I need to bring up the question I posed to you on X.com, Twitter.com. All right. Uh, A a, uh, user postulated, what if there were two additional solo Kiss albums, one by the Fox, Eric Carr, and one by the Sphinx, Vinnie Vincent, which one would you buy? Not do you own the Moretti records by these people. If the theoretical solo album from either or both of these guys happened, which one would you get? I don't really know how to answer this question because, yes, I already do have out solo albums by these guys that wrote lean to all the songs on an album. Would the Fox solo record be different than the 80s rock record Eric Carr made, which is mostly bad, quite frankly? It's got like five really good songs and then like three could have been really good songs because it's demos and a lot of the demos don't even have lyrics yet. And then I've got Vinnie Vincent's first solo album, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. That's the album he wanted to write. I can't imagine it'd be much different. I, I, I don't know. If I were going to, who would I buy first? Definitely Eric Carr, because there's just not enough Eric Carr material in the world. He, this isn't talked about enough, in my humble opinion, since we have to talk about these guys. You're twisting my arm to talk about my one of my favorite bands. You know, it's not talked about enough that Eric Carr did not really play on most of the Kiss albums he's on. On half of the, half of the albums after Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up, there's a lot of drum machine, and he's barely, barely a part of Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade is largely just the demos that they did for the album, and that's his last album. He's he, There's almost no air, and that's actually what really sucks about the Eric Carr, the Eric Carr Rockology album, which, as we discussed last week, is again being re-released on vinyl, for record store day on picture disc, which I'm not purchasing. I will let the flippers and collectors and those weirdos have it. A lot of it is it's Bruce playing bass and guitar, Bruce Kulik, of course, in Eric Carr's drum machines. There's almost no drums on it. It's only drums on f- like four tracks. There's four tracks that are done. And those are the ones that have drums. So, yeah, I guess, you know, it would be so it really sucks. And on a solo record, he's not even on it. He sings on it, of course, but and I don't know. I, I think his singing prowess may have been overrated by Kiss uh, posthumous, uh, posthumously because he's not the best singer in the world, although everybody wants you to believe that he's amazing. Maybe it just wasn't done. I don't know. But for Vinnie Vincent, the thing about Vinnie Vincent is if you read the stories about what he did in the studio for Vinnie Vincent Invasion, self-titled, and all systems go. It's just absolute crazy town. So when he said that he couldn't send Guitar Mageddon, Guitars from Hell, Judgment Day, Part 11 to the pressing plants yet because he had to mix it to his satisfaction, I have a hard time believing that he was able to mix it to his satisfaction in only four years. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to pose that same question to myself because I don't ask of you anything I don't do myself. And that is, in the spirit of the Kiss solo albums, paired with 
you know, a good producer in the same vein of those Kiss solo albums from the Dynasty era, I too would go with Eric Carr instead of Vinnie Vincent. But that's just me. I would hope he would have a better record. I um, also would say that <clears throat> Vinnie Vincent's vaunted songwriting skills are largely overrated. Largely. You know, people talk about what a great record Lick It Up is. It's okay. It's okay. It, it's it's a better record than The Elder. It's a better record. Hilarious. Oh, my God. They are hilariously bad. I mean, I know we all thought when I was nine, I thought they were badass. But uh, I do love Paul rapping in uh, All Hell's Breaking Loose. And All Hell's Breaking Loose was like, I, I don't think people remember what a big phrase that was in the 80s. It's like that was like, you know, chaos. Oh, all hell's breaking loose here. But the, it was definitely like, used in a lot of movie trailers in a mm-hmm. world where blah blah blah, then all hell's breaking loose. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are in Lethal Weapon. You know, in the episode like, of Transformers, I never saw the movie. I only I I actually have never seen the original Transformers movie. I know the nineteen eighty six Transformers. Movie. I'm making a face. I know you you should. I did watch, however, you know, the cartoons afterwards. So I kind of picked up on it. In the episode where uh, Optimus Prime came back and they pulled out that thing. I forget what it's called. The the command thing that they put in the leader of all the Autobots. So he has all the, the Autobots. The Allspark. No, that wasn't what it was called. No? No, Allspark. That's that's the Michael Bay crap. Oh, sorry. Crap I thought movies. that's from the cartoon, though, actually. Maybe it's called the Allspark. I don't know. But it contains all the memories of all the previous leaders. Okay. And at the end, they had to, like, take it and dump out all the knowledge. And all the no- what they did, to, and that all the knowledge stopped whatever it was. I think it was, like, zombie robots or something trying to kill everybody. And the knowledge came out as a glam rock song. And right. in the line, there was the in them in that song, there was the line when all hell's breaking loose. And I'm like, oh, my God, they said hell on a cartoon again. 1986, very different place. Very fair. Three, two, one. Autobots roll out. That's my Optimus Prime impression. Um, I was always a big fan of Rodimus Prime. Myself. Rodimus Prime. Uh, uh I like the character Rodamez from Juice, which Tupac kills. Uh, I don't know. I um, yeah, the mind boggles. Um, I guess I have a news check. There are many things that I could discuss. Iron Maiden has announced oh, yeah. the first bit of tour dates for 2024. They are not Sinjutsu. They but are the like- future past continued. They've announced only New Zealand and Australia, U.S. In the and fall. Europe in the fall, which means the summer is going to be Europe and the spring is going to be America, soon to be announced. Which means I'm not getting a show. Oh, maybe. Dickinson has announced uh, one tour of South America for his solo thing. That's where to go. If they tour in the if they tour in the spring, the spring is a really busy time in St. Louis at the hockey rink. <clears throat> right. Unless they would play at uh, the Chaffetz Arena or the Family Arena. But they're bigger than those places because they they fill Riverport three quarters. They get fifteen sixteen thousand at a twenty thousand theater in Riverport. But being as that it's been five years, 
Yeah, we haven't ha- we haven't seen them since the Lost Soul Book of Souls tour. So, mm. you know, a- absence makes the heart. Oh, I do have another bit of Kiss news. They are announcing the latest shows now, starting in Cincinnati, as the final twenty five shows. They are claiming this is legitimately it, and I'm gonna say I believe it only because Paul can't sing anymore. Gene can barely walk, and they're just old. He he can't walk in the outfit anymore. He's 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 very gingerly, and it's just not. It's time. Father Time is undefeated. Even Ty Cobb lost. Ty Cobb, Honus Wagner, and Lou Gehrig all lost to Father Time, and can't beat. If you can beat them, you can beat anybody. I guess is that a Field of Dreams reference? No. Um, Ty Cobb. Why would you bring him up anyway? I'm sorry, not Ty Cobb. Nolan Ryan. Uh, that's better. Yeah. Um. Although Nolan Ryan put up a fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. Kiss has to go. I watched ten minutes of Kiss a year ago, and I don't want to sully my many good memories of Kiss live. I won't. Um, They're coming to town. I won't go. I had it in my mind. Boy, I would really like to be at that last bunch of Madison Square Garden. Now I'm not gonna go. I'm just not. I'm just good. I'm so good. I want to preserve my memories. I wish that I was all like, oh, my God, they're coming to town. It's it. I'm going to be there. And I want to be there. But I don't. Mm, fair enough. I have one other news item that is very pressing. Uh, among all the de- the real debilitating news in the world, this has gutted me to my core. This is so two weeks ago, Song Trader, a music licensing oh, company, yeah. bought Bandcamp from Epic Games. Epic Games, you know, from Fortnite. And when they bought them, they were like, we're not changing Bandcamp. There might not be contracts offered to everybody at Bandcamp currently, but like, we're not changing what it is. We want to put artists first. We want to put more money into artist pockets. We love it. We bought it because we love this thing. Then two weeks later, they, yesterday, they laid off, yesterday as we record this, they laid off almost half the company, the entire editorial staff, as well as a lot of back-end people sources inside that were laid off and some that are still there are like without these people there really is no Bandcamp. so what did they really do Bandcamp united had asked epic games to acknowledge the union and agree to terms before the sale they went to song trader and said these are our demands this is what we deserve this is to keep the company the way it is this is what you need to do None of that was honored. I understand that late stage capitalism is a thing. The free market is a thing that has to be allowed to be. But this is devastating. I have loved Bandcamp. I have spent a lot of money on Bandcamp, more money on Bandcamp than any other platform since iTunes was a thing. And I had an iPod and I used to spend money on that thing every paycheck. I bought 90 albums there. Yeah, I have over. I don't even want to look how many. I probably have like 135 releases on my Bandcamp. Very, and I started on Bandcamp late. Not yeah, so did I. Not to mention that I use Bandcamp at Ghost Cult for a lot of things, including album premieres and places to promote bands. Uh, there are platforms about to sprout up to be Bandcamp killers. They're not live yet. Um, this is just horrible, 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 horrible. Whatever happened to to vinyl? Uh, Bandcamp vinyl pressing. Did that just kind of come and go? No, they still do it. They still offered it here in Oakland, right near, okay. right across the bridge from me. Memory serves, though the the 
the threshold to for funding was really high on it mm. but there are other places if you want to get your vinyl pressed um so i went to go by last night i got an email hey fan of cats on amps the calendar me the pre-order is live at Bandcamp. i was like oh i don't want to give Bandcamp my money right now you know i have spent an inordinate amount of money at Bandcamp. so i went and dug around for the actual link back to speakermedia.com uh, part of the family of prophecy productions labels and things and i bought my calendar there um but yeah just very disheartening what just happened to Bandcamp. i don't know what the future of the platform is and that's that's my sad news check for the day i do notice that you have another new thing in your lair i don't it's not actually new it is just now visible oh okay it was right it. here well i never saw it but i decided to move it back what to, is it? uh that is mike adams at his honest weight i mentioned it last week you couldn't see it but it's oh, there now okay all right I'm going to put another one right. I'm actually probably going to put it back here when I get something to go there. We'll put it down, like a panel down under the red one. Because uh, it'll fill that white space. Hmm. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, that is my news check for the week. I have nothing else really pressing or great to talk about. Same. My shirt check is Metallica. Uh, Injustice for All. Title track shirt. Is that a puss head, I think. Yes, yes. Puss head art, artistry. Amazing, <laughs> amazing talent. Probably one of the shirts I'll be wearing at the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm that guy. If I got you, your shirt, I'll wear it. You're one of those people. Um, Judge well, me. I don't care. I'll be judging all 40,000 of you. Um, I am wearing my heathen Empire of the Blind shirt. Uh, I will. Here's one other sort of minor thing that's not a news check, but I went to see Cannibal Corpse we just completed a series on on friday and that was a fun and amazing show um it was a very deep show with uh blood incantation gore guts and uh i already forgot who the penultimate band was mayhem mayhem who was interesting and then about 15 percent of the fans left after mayhem much to their own disgrace if you, How would leave, you do I, that? I understand that like 15 or 20 years ago, black metal fans and death metal fans were in separate camps. They are not anymore. I'm still that, amazed at how many camps there are in metal fandom. Yeah, I understand the gatekeepering sometimes, but like, um, I will say that if you leave early and skip Cannibal Corpse on gatekeeping metal from you, that is just, unless you have somewhere to be and you have to beat the traffic, I didn't understand why. Mayhem was good. I've seen them a bunch. I've seen them do the full album play. They were good. I wouldn't say they were great. Now, if you, people clearly had never seen them before, were losing their minds to 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 mayhem. But you should not leave early and skip Cannibal Corpse. There's something I wrong with you if you. I do. saw them with Immolation, and I think a, I think Cryptopsy. No, Ooh. Cryptopsy was with Cannibal Corpse. That was that was a show. That was uh, Abysmal Dawn. Ooh. Uh Immolation. No, I'm sorry. Abysmal Dawn, Cryptopsy, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse. Wow. And that show was nuts. It was at a venue that unfortunately is closed called the Ready Room. I loved it. It even it was a club that even had a truck load in door. Interesting. So cool. I felt 
I felt good for the bands playing there because they right, got to yeah. load in through a door. Anytime it's easier to load in, it's better for the whole show. And uh, I then I saw I saw an Argentine heavy metal band on Saturday in a dance club called Rata Blanca. They've been around since 1986, and they were fun. They sounded like Maiden and ACDC and Metallica, basically. A lot of fun. And then Sunday night, just two days ago, I saw the Cavalera Tour, which was one of the most fun tours I have seen. And because I had never expected to hear Morbid Visions and Bestial Devastation live, it was extra fun. And it was a really great show. And it was uh, Cavalera Brothers exhumed Insight featuring Max's son, Richie, and uh, Molten, the Bay Area death metal band. So really great weekend of shows. I'm pretty tired as a result. But that's all my news, friend. And uh, just strength and, and love to the people of Bandcamp currently and formerly employed by them. I don't know what's going to become of that platform. Don't feel good. Don't feel good. No, it, it, we know what it's going to, we know what it's going to be. We're just lying to ourselves, but maybe we're wrong. It's, it's happened before, but anyway, let's go ahead and set some staging here. We are now headed into 1992. 1992 is a very pivotal year in the United States. The, Religious right is back in a big way because at that point in time, we had the oldest president, one of the oldest presidents we had ever had in our lifetimes and in, in our entire history, which was George H.W. Bush, who was extraordinarily out of touch with the heartbeat of America. America was getting younger. America was getting angrier. In fact, MTV started their first Rock the Vote campaign that year. In order to get young people to vote, the election was quite nuts. You had George H.W. Bush campaigning on moral values after he had already invaded a nation. You had H. Ross Perot being the first and only third party candidate in my lifetime to be on the debate stage because he had enough. He actually had a legitimate shot of winning the presidency as a third party. And if you're thinking to yourself, Abe Lincoln was a third party. Yeah, well, you know what? 1860 was a pretty different time compared to today. I don't think they had quite the uh, the the Democrats and the Whigs did not have quite the stranglehold on the electoral process that the Democrats and Republicans have today. That was still not a two party system, which as we have evolved into. So. In this time, previous podcast subject, Body Count, drops their first record featuring Cop Killer. Then you also had two live crew finishing off their 15 minutes of fame with Band in the USA. And apparently, Guar was even able to catch, to pull a little bit of faces and pull some shapes on this. So they even referenced Two Life Crew. So Guar has referenced Two Life Crew, and they have stolen from NWA. That's pretty cool, especially when you consider where they're from. They're from the South. And that's just, especially in the 80s and early 90s, the mass migration of Americans had not happened like it has now, where you've got millions of Californians in Texas 
and thousands of Alabamians in Ohio or all of those Indiana Hoosiers that have come to St. Louis, which is why we call people we don't like Hoosiers, just for the record. So when you hear that, when you're here, know Hoosier is the biggest insult you can be called in St. Louis. Yes, we're very provincial. I did not know this. Yeah, that's, that's how that's how we do. Hoosier means somebody below your status to be reviled. Outsider, white trash. Anywho, so people start pointing the finger at Guar. In fact, Dave Brocky is arrested after he gets into a bit of a scuffle with a member of the law enforcement community over a codpiece. And actually, due to my fandom of Kiss, the word codpiece has long been in my personal vocabulary. And I kind of got to wondering, why is it called a codpiece? And I googled the etymology, as I do. And uh, in the Middle Ages, cod meant ball sack. I don't know what came first, ball sack or fish. But just think about that the next time you're eating some fried cod. Fried ball sack. Anywho. I mean, in fairness, it's not. I I think cod piece is accurate, but tame. I think specifically they were upset about the cuttlefish of Cthulhu, Cthulhu, and uh, the prosthesis, the giant schlong. They were pretty. They were pretty upset about it, and uh, Brocky's arrested for indecencies. Only like the second or third person ever arrested for indecency at a rock and roll show in America, including Jim Morrison. Holy shit. You know what? That's probably the only time you can say Dave Brocky and Jim Morrison in the same breath. <laughs> well, to me, Brocky was a poet, but, you know, maybe not to everybody. Okay. That's the only way you can say Brocky and Jim Morrison in the same breath without being knucking futs. How we'll go there. We'll go there. So, what does Guar do? For the first time, they release a personal album. As personal as Guar can be, anyway. This incident, stealing the cuttlefish of Cthulhu, the giant schlong that Brocky wore, they created an entire morality brigade and created a new lair to the lore of Guar. Guar is now the peace and love brigade. Not peace and love. They are now, character, uh, canonically speaking, they are now the morality police. And they create Gorgor, the character who comes in to destroy all the awfulness. Thoughts? Many thoughts. Um, this might be their first concept record, actually. Um, I would say it is. And I think vis-a-vis -vis all the extra slave pit people that now came in and formed this version of the band this iteration of the band uh this was the record they worked on the hardest it's the best record so far yes this helps drive the future direction of the band both visually and musically yes it's much heavier than yes. the previous versions of the band and while sick of you is still my favorite song there are many classic 
score songs on this record that are still in the set list or still played occasionally and several characters that have lasted uh, eternally from this record on. So yeah, this is a big, this is an important one and a big one. This is actually the first time I've ever heard this record. What? I know. I didn't have the money to buy it when it was new. And then I I did get uh, this Toilet Earth, which which we'll get to next week. My God, that is a that's a whole vibe that nobody expected. We haven't really discussed it, but I feel like we need to do the next two records. I don't think we can stop before Ragnarok. It's too important. But that's, that's fine. I got I that on vinyl too. I know you didn't want to do five. No, I, I did because I wanted to do four. I wanted to do all four of the ones I have on vinyl. Fair enough. Um, any I definitely other... wanted to. I definitely wanted to bust out the hello one. I mean, and then I think when we're done discussing the record, we're going to do a brief minute on Phalus in Wonderland because it's really important to me. All right, I'll let you handle that. So oh, I guess cool. now let us uh, just rock on into the record itself. Lead the way, sir. Well, they do not go gently into that good evening. Much less do they, nor do they go gently into that good night. About to spill beer out through my nose and onto my shirt. About to schnarf it. Oh, they rage against the dying of the day. Ready to ham on the bone. Yep, it's about exactly what you think it is. Not even subtle. No. Not even subtle. Nope, you got a bone, you got some pink meat. All the things, ham wallet, all the all the things. Um, you know, if they were feeling pressed up upon by the powers that be, they pushed right back with the That's fingers, up, middle fingers out. Uh, middle, I think uh, also uh, middle wang doodles out. Middle wang doodles are all out. Butt cheeks are out. This is this is just graphic. Uh, they're not even trying to be discreet or funny or clever. This is just like. Karate no, chopping just... the status quo with their schlongs. Yeah. Neck chop. Except it's not. They're doing the helicopter. They're doing they're helicopter like wang. And then chopping people down with it. To impress a chick, helicopter dick. Helicopter dick. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And going, look at it. It's okay if you're in a three-way. Um, Just Wow. This yeah. this changed like American history to me. This record is unbelievably <laughs> great. This really was a diverging point in our whole. Literally, Clinton gets elected uh, after this. Well, yeah, like, before this, this record. Before this record, Clinton did not have a chance. No, and then this record after came this out, record. and they're like, you know what, that guy from Arkansas is all right. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, my name's Bill Jeff. That's how he can't him with that sexy, raspy, blunt voice from smoking too many blunts and. Um, well then, and but he also created the thumb. Did he do something? No, I thought that was uh, that was Bill. Bob, no, did the thumb? No, nah, Bill did the thumb. Hand. He did the thumb. No, Bob Dole couldn't move his hand. He couldn't move. Not <laughs> no, making fun of a disabled guy, but he was kind of. You know, he's not dead. He, no, he can't be alive. Let me check, because you know no, what he, I'm thinking. Libby Dole is alive. I wish she was dead. Oh, I apologize. No, he died uh, two um, years ago. Imagine that they put a person who literally was against people boning in charge of sex education in the whole country. 
That's some insane shit. Imagine if they put somebody in charge of uh, the Department of Education that wanted to defund the public education. Yes. yes. Uh, well, I can get into politics and you know the awfulness know. of it for for hours and the I... complete fucking clown show that we got going on <clears throat> now that I'm kind of laughing at while the world burns. I agree, but I'm not um, doing that. We're on the what? same page. Uh, Ham on the bone, excellent. No notes, good opener. Correct. We move on into crack in the egg. Oh my god! And you know what? This title says what it is, and you have got to appreciate an artist, a lyricist. A poet laureate, if you will, who's willing to write a song about what would happen if you took a chicken egg and infused it with crack cocaine. Okay, I don't know how I don't know how we get to this point. I don't know what kind of drugs it takes to get there, but he found a way. It's another. I felt like that this one was a bit of a political statement because he did use the phrase thug and it was only a thug because he used crack. And that was a very racist trope in the 80s and 90s. Literally, Bush Sr. ran on this idea against, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Dukakis from Massachusetts, right? That's the whole Willie Sutton campaign ad mm-hmm. we let out the guy from jail who's also a crackhead and happens to be african-american and then he's of course going to go commit another violent crime michael dukakis on crime michael dukakis you want to talk about a man with the charisma of a cucumber and the eyebrows from dune yes he definitely looked like oh god he looked like the baron he looked like uh, the harkonnen Oh, I was going to say Baron Galifianakis. Oh, okay. Which is not correct, but... and <laughs> All right. You know, Zach Galifianakis, yes, he's got that yes. beard. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it, it I've had my whole look after him, if you couldn't tell. I would not do that. Uh, so... Indiana Jones wears one. It's a satchel. It's not a purse. It's a gonna, purse. I'm just going to point out that crack cocaine and white powdered cocaine give you the same high and give you the same addiction. But we don't talk about that with the stockbrokers snorting snorting the stripper salt. An uh, ex-lady friend of mine smoked crack one time, not with me, uh, and said that the feeling, the urge for crack never really left her. Hmm. We didn't make it, clearly. Well, I can understand that. I have, uh, I I may have had some electric lettuce in my time. Mm. I I may have had some downers. But you know what? Things like uh Beside this show, you've had some downers? Hey. Oh wow. No, it's a good show. It makes me laugh. I think so. But you know what? The idea of smoking the crack cocaine or snorting cocaine or heron, it's like, no, no. I, I have seen what happened to Lou Reed. I don't need to be that guy. Although I, I would have liked to have his rock career. Yeah, it might have you know been better music. You know what? Maybe drugs. I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to get really terrible. Uh, thoughts on crack and egg? Crack in egg? Crack in the uh, egg. egg. Who is Dewey Rowell? I don't know who that is. Uh, it did not occur to me. I don't I'm remember guessing. who he's in the song credits. I don't remember him in the movie. I don't remember him. Who is he? Is, this, is that an assumed name? I don't know. Uh, Flattus Maximus. Really? Yes. Oh, my bad. 
He left the band after Tour de Scum. Oh, so you may be the original Flatus. Yep. My bad. Maybe wrote the riff. Uh, yeah, solid. Solid track. Funny track. Yeah. I could live without it, but it's pretty good. It, Bro- it, Rocky's it, uh, claw print is on the first couple of tracks heavily. It's it's softer than the first track, but you know what? Whatever. It, it's funny. Moving on into... Oh, and I, I should mention at this point in time, Guar's lyrics, the vocals, every successive record, they get less and less intelligible. Which is an unfortunate or fortunate, depending upon where you stand on the subject matter. Next, we get into Gorgor. I'm going to just let you take this one, because I know... This is... A classic. This is an outright gore classic. Top 10 gore songs of all time. Uh, Dirks is uh, the original. I think maybe uh, Dirks played Gorgor originally. Um, no. No, it's uh, this guy. Hunter. No, it wasn't Hunter's. No, I'm sorry. Hunter's, Hunter's Apprentice. Track. I apologize. It's, it's Hunter's the next one. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's. Um, I forget who's doing it now, but... Uh, yeah, Gorgor is incredible, still in the set list, still in the show, on every set list, almost never out of the show, the whole history of Gore. And uh Yeah, these are these are good these are good things. This is a great track. Agreed, agreed. Very metal. Next we move into the Morality Squad, which I find absolutely hysterical. What track listing are you going off? I believe you have the wrong track listing. That's how I heard it on the on the YouTube. Am I? Did I scroll? You're the wrong track. I scrolled down. I I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Canadian edition. No, no, no. I apologize. I apologize. Next is. Have you seen me? We only acknowledge Canada for one thing and one thing only: hockey. Not the Canadian Football League. No. Not for Letterkenny. Degrassi Junior High. Well, Degrassi. Poutine. And poutine is awesome. Alberta beef. Don't know what that is. Is that sexual innuendo? Oh no, it's, it's actually that's that's where all their cows are. It's in their their cows are in Alberta. Okay. Uh, have you seen me? Is technically the next track. It's a Brocky. Yes, I apologize. Th- I, I had scrolled down looking at the person. We could have skipped it. It's actually an okay track. It's not great. It's probably the weakest track on the whole record to me. Now, correct me if I am wrong, but this is the old timey one. I I like this one. I didn't need it. It's okay. I. I no one needs any Guar songs. Guar is a luxury. You take what they give you, you put it in your big cup, and you drink it. As we'll discuss a lot next week on the inside cover of uh, this Toilet Earth, which I, maybe I don't want to do that now that I say it out loud. Now, this one's fun. This is like NPR kind of music. They're playing some like 30s jazz for a reason. And you know what? Dave Brocky could sing a lot better than probably anybody gave him credit for, if I'm being honest. But uh, fun track. Not a great track, but a fun track. I need it. Fair enough. Uh, moving on into The Morality Squad. Vocals by Edna P. Granbo, as portrayed by Hunter Jackson. This is an important one. This one's fun. This is, this is where they reference Two Live Crew. This the is, arrest, mm-hmm. indecency, cuddlefish. You might, you might be dirtier than two live crew. You might be dirtier than two live crew. Humongous, important song in the band because 
From this track comes the band's fan base nickname. Uh, if you have a fan base with a nickname, you probably have an awesome band. Or you, have a lot of, or you got a lot of gatekeepers. I'm looking at you, Kansas Wheatheads. Oh, maybe. Uh, but the morality I saw Kansas squad, and the vibe was messed up. I know. The morality squad gives us Bohabs. Uh, habitually boring, which is what Bohab stands for, but actually not boring because most Bohabs are amazing. And gave Gore everything back. Like everything Gore gave us, Bohabs have given us back. By becoming a, not just a fan base, but a culture around a band, which is insane. Well, if the <clears throat> band created a culture around the band, so the fans created a culture around the fans, which created a culture around the band, and the band had a culture around the band, which, which creates culture around the fans. Fans, bands, bands, fans. Something. So, next we move on into the last track on side one. Although there was no original vinyl release of this record in America. I looked it up today. They did release it in Brazil and Europe. Europe. But uh, this track is completely unnecessary. It is an instrumental, which is not that great. That is populated by samples that have nothing to do with each other politicians actors whatever uh not that great dave muso aka muso is the samplist turntablist on this record and uh, is on a few tracks and yeah i mean i don't know why this is the title track when morality squad would be a better name but america must no, be destroyed I... is very potent as a name good title track but not well the track then the good name i don't think the track is necessary I'll... It's it's a good name for the yes, album. Yes, yeah, for a it, gore album. Yes, because it that's what Gore Gore is doing. Gore yeah, Gore was sent loose to destroy America. America, yeah, and it's a very it's it's very punk rock. This is in a lot of ways a little throwback to uh, little Death Piggy, little DP, yeah, a little, little bit DVD, and also and also we talked about uh, X Cops last week on the record state of rundown. It's a very similar vein as Death Piggy. All right, let's flip the record. We get into Gilded Lily. And I got to be honest, we're in the soft underbelly, my friend. Yeah, here it is. These two songs. These three songs. Yeah. Uh, you know the expression Gilded Lily, right? You can't no, gild. I, I don't. It's the British expression. You can't perfect perfection means you can't gild a lily. You can't gold plate a lily because it's already perfect. You can't encase it in amber. Um a Brocky Bishop and Dirks production, and it's an okay track. Just, okay. I just I'm going to point out something real quick. This record is 48 minutes long. Too long. I found seven minutes we could have cut. Yes. I mean, America must be destroyed. Yeah, I get why. I that's think 12 there. minutes could have been cut here. Well, yeah, but I mean, cutting it down to 40, you could easily cut down America must be destroyed to two, uh, a tight two. Mm. Then uh, Gilded Lily, we could just cut that down to uh, <clears throat> not on the record. Really, it's it's completely useless. We move on into poor old Tom, and poor old Tom feels like an attempt to recapture the punk crossover vibes of Hello, and completely not remembering how they did it. Remember that cake I baked you? Me neither. That's this is this song. Yes. Then we move into <clears throat> rock and roll never felt so good. All right, we are back on the upswing. It's a good fun time track. All right, we did it. Thank you. 
completely written by Bishop. You can tell this is not by Brocky because there is no penetration of any sort. I believe. I did not check the lyrics. I'm just uh, gonna assume butt stuff. B- yeah, bishops uh around the but I mean around the rim, not like Yeah. Any... Yeah, oh, okay. Just a just a just a mushroom stamp on the hole. Uh yeah. Bishop is all over this record in the best possible way. Um he came in on the last one and he really dominates the writing of this record in a good way. He's very it's talented. Still my favorite character name. Beefcake the Mighty. Beefcake yeah. the Mighty, yeah. That's um, like Mojo. He is Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yes, this is a good song. Love this one. All right, moving on into Blimey. Uh, mm. Three minutes of something I don't recall. Nothing Burger. I could skip this one also. Okay. Yep, there we go. Road behind. Here we go. We're getting Ugh. back into it. Me or you? Uh, going yeah. out on a very high note. Uh, these are the last two songs. Road behind is their ballad. They have no other ballads before this ballad. This is an incredible song. What about Pookie? And Pookie's all right. This is, but this is this is it. This is odorous and beefcake. This is. Got sentimental value to me and many Gore fans. And as you know, when they went out on the tour following Odorous's death, this was the centerpiece of the show where they had his costume and sword on and cuttlefish on stage. And they stopped the whole show to sing this and it was not a dry eye in the house. Um, a song so good, they made an EP out of it later on. Like it's that. They tried to make up a hit single out of it because it deserved it. Um, I believe he's been gone for as long as he it's has. It's almost 10 years. It's it's messed up. It's going to be 10 years in a couple of years. It's eight and a half years. Uh, Kids, seriously, if you're listening and you're don't, thinking. Don't do the hair on. Don't do the hair on. It does. And if you're, mm. if you have, if you get pain meds, that's, that's still hair on. So careful. Yeah. If it grows in the ground and it's not synthetically processed, it's probably okay for you. No. Because <laughs> that's still opium. Well, since the, I don't know, people are not really doing opium anymore. And opium becomes morphine, yeah, but which be, becomes be, heroin once it's synthesized. Like that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, don't um, do any of those. Don't do them. And then we have really not talked about Slymenstra Hyman at all until this final track. They've had Gore women before, but the Gore woman is Danielle Stamp Slymenstra Hyman integral to this era of the band from now until the early 90s maybe even the mid 90s a 10-year run with the band shall you shall i go with this last one or you can't can't utter the words pussy planet i'm not good with that i don't like that word i'm sorry i i I like the term Uh, i like coochie I i'm Um, i like things very simply from the 70s you know i once exploitation movies coochie there's no great there's no great terminology for uh as Samuel L. Jackson would put it, the holiest of holies. The holiest of holies. Uh Pussy Planet is incredible. It was meant to be a duet, but it really ends up just being beefcake with a little backing vocals from Slime Enstra. Uh and fun fact you may not know, Gore considered suing Nirvana over the song Rape Me. Also rankling Nick's rankles and hackles uh, because the chords are eerily similar. Now I'm going to tell you in the history of rock and roll, four and six chord ditties with that same chugga chugga riff 
My girlfriend oh, is a we, centerfold. We've all heard the four chord song. Uh, more than a feeling. When I come around by Green Day. Under the bridge. Under the well, but like. Don't stop believing. Don't stop, but like yeah, the anything that's like. And rate me, which was basically a spoof on Nevermind, smells like Teen Spirit. The demo for Rate Me actually precedes even Nevermind. So it and it preceded this song even. But Gore considered suing Nirvana. It probably would have been a really great publicity stunt because the riffs are similar, same chord, similar chords. I would have key. loved to have seen Odorous go to court as Odorous. Cross examining yes. Kurt. Arrest my case. Like yeah, he definitely would have been. Because he I mean, Kurt gone. probably loved Gore. I mean, Kurt is was given to ridiculousness, and he probably adored Gore. He probably would have loved being sued by them because he, he didn't care about the money. He didn't care about the fame. He would have paid them off just to make it a, a good thing. But uh, these last two songs saved the soft underbelly of the record for me and elevate the record, the beginning of the record, and then, whoop, sorry, the beginning of the record, Road Behind and Pussy Planet. Elevate this to a, a higher tier than it probably was going to be. But yeah, this is a had... very important record in Gordom. If those three tracks aren't there, this record falls off a cliff. Yeah. The soft underbelly happens before you flip the record. You you know, I I get why, I mean, I kind of get why they, they tracked it the way they did. In the 90s, tracking a record got different than it was in the 70s and 80s. You know, you start strong, you finish strong on each side. But then when we went to the CD era, there's no longer sides in I know people, if you are under the age of 30 listening to this, thank you to begin with. I'm trying to have some fit and drip and riz. Trying to sound cool like the kids. Some mm -hmm. W riz and whatever. But the idea of there not being sides to an album until 1992 was completely unheard of. I mean, how many times do you remember listening to a cassette tape where one side was longer than the other? So you had like this, this pile of nothing for a minute. And so you put tracks one and four and tracks five and eight, where you're always your, your four strongest tracks. Think about say Metallica ride the lightning, not that one. Cause escape is on side is track five. <laughs> But like Metallica, uh, Master of Puppets, you've got Battery Track 1, Sanitarium Track 4, Disposable Heroes Track 5, Damage Inc. Track, track 8. I mean that. And then there's some quality shoved in there as well. But, I mean, if I'm being honest, there's a, the softest song on that one is probably the thing that should not be, but it's still a great song. So, But, but it's still not as high a quality as the others. And then Metallica always stuck their their title track in track two for some reason. But now we get into the CD age and we don't flip anymore. So you, everything gets front loaded with the quality. You put your best stuff, your best foot forward, as it were. Take that how you want, but I like it the other way better. And that's not just because of my, my vinyl fetishism, but... It just makes it easier to finish a record if you've got something to look forward to. But yes, these, these last few tracks really improve the record. They take it from what could have been a B minus, could have been the worst record so far, and bump it up to at least as good as Hello. 
Still not quite as good as Scum Dogs. No. Hello's the se- Hello in, is my sentimental favorite. In between the two, probably. Yeah. A solid B. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to talk for a minute about Phalus in Wonderland because I think it's really important before we go on to Toilet next week. Um, and yeah, there is a Canadian version of the album. I don't know why. Maybe Which it was has censored. Because it was censored extra there. I don't know why. It was? I guess. I don't know why they made a separate O Canada version with a different track listing with different tracks and demos. It's got one called Crackdown. Yeah, that's that's a replacement. Yeah. Um, so later... Oh, so, oh my God. O Canada is an instrumental created with a crying baby. A sample... I, Various samples of a crying baby replicating the song "Oh Canada." Yeah, I'm the gonna wah, have to... wah, 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 right. I'm gonna have to seek this out because that is like the greatest thing I've ever. That it's is a, the guariest guar that ever guar. It's pretty fun. So, Metal Blade gives <laughs> Guar money to make a long form video, which, as you remember, was the original goal of the band in the first place—to make long form Hunter Jackson one, to make science fiction B movies. And now they got enough money. We got $5,000 to make Phalus in Wonderland, a story. Hey, does that sound like <clears throat> anything else that happened contemporarily around 92-ish? A year and a half in the life of Metallica? No, long form video. November by, Rain? By a band that dresses up in funny outfits. Big stage show. Motley Crue? Kiss? No. Little Pig. Oh, yeah, Green Little Jelly. Pig. Oh, no, it's Jello. Green Jello. Green Jelly. It's spelled Jelly, but pronounced they were sued. Jello. Yeah. They were sued. Um, yes. So this Green, is around the same there time there were many they serial killer. followers at this point, including the founding of Mushroomhead and the eventual creation of Slipknot, are all owe a spiritual debt to Gore. But Phalus in Wonderland, uh created by the band specifically uh hunter jackson and produced by dean english this was really my first full-on expo like i knew gore i heard some gore songs i knew of gore but i really didn't know gore until i saw this and basically the best friend of the drummer of my band at the time in the world showed me this and it just blew my little mind and really made me into a fan but um it's absurd. It's crazy. It's it's a, it's offensive. It's great, and um, it basically uses the music of the album to prom- to to do it. And they meant to not make a good thing. They meant to make it bad on purpose. But it actually was so good. It was nominated for a Grammy for a best long form video. Give me a pause. All right. I'll stop. So, Everybody, I apologize. I'm sorry. 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 I was going to jump right in and help us seamlessly. I know. I know. Continue. I know. I just I, I needed the pause because the reason why I was checking my phone, it came through. It was a phone call, not a text. Everything's fine. Everybody cheer for Nick. Yay. Yay. Okay. Sorry. It's, I am in. Yeah. As, yeah. Every, as everybody knows about this. Overtime. House and the 11th hour into the red. The sale is in a minute. And I have already gotten approval to purchase Motley Crue self-titled on vinyl. No, don't spend your money better on other things. Now I'm buying it twice. Oh God. And I'm going to take one and hit you with it. Great. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, Fanless and Wonderland rules. I highly recommend you go back and find it. I believe the entire thing is on 
for free on YouTube, but you could also buy it from the band. Um, it was on originally on VHS in 92 and on DVD in 1999. Has been out of print since 2002, but there are some remaining copies out there in the world. According to Wikipedia, which we know not to fully trust. I trust it. People have bought this for as much as $120 on the interwebs, giving it mythological uh, holiday special Star Wars vibes. Have you ever seen that? Holiday special? I yeah. own it. Oh, my God. We my, uh, It was going to be, I decided since I found it on YouTube, that it was going to become a Cameron family tradition until we sat down to watch it. It's pretty terrible. It took three sittings to finish yes. a 90 minute thing gore was nominated for a grammy for Phelous in wonderland let's just focus on that for a second sure they did lose to annie lennox hilariously <laughs> for her long form video for her big hit album from that time her first That's solo like straight record. up straight up jethro tull vibes straight up now tell me yeah it's pretty bad um for her album diva her debut solo album, which was a humongous, like unbelievable, huge hit. Why? I, re I walking remember on broken, that. Walking on Broken Glass, Cold, Little Bird. Uh, she had a song on the Dracula soundtrack. It's a pretty great record. She's incredible. Great voice. I love the Eurythmics. I don't love her solo work. Interesting. Uh, it's kind of like completely... the opposite of G Bjork and the Sugar Cube. Sugar Cube's meh, okay. And then Bjork's solo stuff is like on some insane shit. I hated her solo stuff. Oh, you know what? Stuff is great. I probably Maybe would we like should it. do a Bjork run oh, and try God. to, yeah, let's do should that. We get lawyer, should we get lawyer wife involved in that we, one? We I mean... should. We should have her on as a guest for every episode. No, lawyer wife can't go on camera. Oh, no. Maybe she can weigh in on audio. Should be one of those characters in a in a crime documentary. Uh, then they adopted her. But just have her sit right day. here with. Oh, oh, by the way, here's how you know it's fall. <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons pullover is coming out. Yeah, it's. it's been, I had to wear it on. Sunday. Might have been the thing you wore in our very first pod, by the way. Was it? I, I, so. I love that shirt. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, so, Phalanx in Wonderland. That's all I've got. Worth watching. Go get it. Nick, do you have a summary on this album? And then I think it's my turn to take us home. It is your turn to take us home. This record. I'm just going to say what's true and real. Guar is not spectacular at full records. Guar is not spectacular at self-editing. Uh what the hell am I? Oh, I'm way off. I'm on Carnival of Chaos. Okay, that explains why these tracks make no... Okay. I started looking at another, another Guar record, see how far I wanted to go. And I have no idea what Carnival of Chaos is, so I don't care. But Guar is not spectacular at self-editing. Carnival of Chaos is 75 goddamn minutes. Uh, Wow. Okay. That's, that's a great. no for me, dog. <laughs> you know, it's it's like death metal, right? When we did the Cannibal Corpse series, you know what made those records amazing? They knew when to tuck it back and call it a day. Death metal, guar, thrash. When you're in concert, when you're there, when they're in the club in front of you, squirting semen out of the cuttlefish of Cthulhu in your face, 
giving you the full on, you know, scum dogs money shot that can go on for days and you're going to be thrilled. However, when you listen to a record where and they're not great at differentiating their sound very much, we had. Oh, God, what's the name of that? Have you seen me? Which is the first time, which is the only song that doesn't sound like all the rest of them on this record. The instrumental on this record sounds exactly like all the rest of the songs, which is why it's completely useless. So when you have that, you get what I used to refer to when I was reviewing records on the daily ear fatigue. And that's why bands like Metallica sell billions of records. There is no Metallica record apart from St. Anger because fuck that thing. Actually, I reread my my article on it that you posted that you actually published, and my God, I don't know why you did because it was terrible. But I mean, it's it's terrible source material, so I mean, you're not going to be able to do anything good with that. You can't polish a turd, Beavis. But then a 35 minute Guar record would probably be perfection. Then they do the smart thing. They re- the really smart thing they do is they bring in other vocalists. Dave Brocky, all he does in this band is sing. He is the front man. He is odorous arungus. He doesn't play an instrument. If he's not singing, he's not on it. And he yields his time multiple times each record. That's helpful. However, they have never, th- this record and the preceding have not reached the level of differentiation of Hello, which is a big part of why I like it. Hello reminds me of DRI. It reminds me of Power Trip. And I love Crossover Thrash. And we should do a DRI run because I would just get my, my hamburger boner all up on that one. But as they improve, as Snafu put it, they go from crossover punk into metal. Once And then once you make that jump, once you cross that rainbow bridge, he did say on this record, I'm gay and I'm proud. So I'm assuming he's, he's rainbow bridge on this one. Once you cross that, once you cross the Rubicon, you can no longer go back to your Waterloo. Look at me dropping historical references. So they tried to go back to that and just fucking failed. They can't they they dropped a fart that and that's my favorite record. They tried to reinvent my favorite record in their new guise, and it was awful. You lose that, so you got to move forward. And once you become a metal band, they're, they're closer to thrash on this record than anything else. And the problem with thrash, and I love thrash, you know that ear fatigue bro you cannot do the same tone you cannot use the same guitar the same tuning dave mustaine i am looking at you no matter how great the riffs are it gets tiresome so you know what maybe blimey isn't that bad maybe poor old tom is pretty good but my ears just turned off when it when i got to that point hearing six songs in a row that sounded the same Happened a little bit with Cannibal Corpse, and they even went shorter than they went 12 minutes shorter than this record on every record. So, discretion is the better part of valor. And as the great 
great writer whose name I can never remember, who wrote Barn Burning, who wrote... Shit, what's his name? I'm going to have to look this up because I sound like a dick. Barn Burning Story. William Faulkner. As William Faulkner put it, you have to kill your babies. Guar will kill my baby, but they won't kill their babies. And because of that... I think it was Kerouac who said kill your darlings, but that same difference. I want to reference William Faulkner. I don't know. William, fuck you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) William Faulkner. How about William Fickner, the actor, who's also What's great about William Faulkner? Each person, each time he did an interview and somebody asked him what a story meant, he told him something different just to fuck with him. That's the guy I want to be like. Anyway, Guar cannot kill their darlings. They, which is to the detriment of their albums. And on the Department of Mental Antiquities with Duncan Evans, that is one of the things we run into frequently. And when, I mean, if you think about all time, what is the all time best record? You know what? It's not. It's not a double. It's not a triple. And it's not an extra long. The best records are 42 minutes long, tops. Give me a break. Take a break yourselves. Give me a little bit less. Make me want more. Gore, gore. And with that note, you have been listening to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is Nick Cameron, Nick underscore no underscore C on most social networks, including a couple of occasional Glacially underscore musicals. I am Ghost Cult Keefe, like Keefe Ramon, at Ghost Cult Mag, at Ghost Cult Keefe. If you made it this far, you are undoubtedly a real one and a diehard and a ride or die. I was somebody referred to themselves as a ride or die to me today in an email. I was I was quite pleased. Give us a like, give us a follow, check us out wherever podcasts exist that you are listening to or watching this. Subscribe to us for crying out loud. We need the support. We appreciate you. Give us some feedback. Leave us some negative comments. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. If you especially are a bohab check in with us and tell us how we're doing on this series that has at least two more episodes you know what i really want in terms of feedback what i'm doing wrong i guess that's what i want to know any case you have been watching and listening (laughs) to the glacially musical podcast that does not play in peoria but surely dave brocky's cuttlefish of cthulhu Formal appendage of Odorous Arungus, soiled and sullied many a virgin in Peoria.